Season 3, Chapter 6 Seeing And the Lord said, You need me. That's why I love mankind. Randy Newman Seeing The night sky had folded up in disgust and encouraged the trees to do the same. Nothing to see here. It was cold and murky. Yes, let him find his own way home, the forest agreed. The man shuffled along in a pair of moccasins so old and worn that they barely held to his feet, and despite his long trek along the gravel road, he was not wearing any pants. He pitched for hours, calling out to the blackness like a lovesick siren, Let me come with you! Let me come with you! He burdened a lone sapling with his balance and body odor while he swigged from a bottle, something he concocted using turpentine and bath salts, and then he urinated freely down into his sorry slippers. This fever dream of a life was making his way toward the village where he believed the shadows had gone. Dr. Karen was studying her front yard, but the patches of black under the trees and shrubs only stared back at her, well-behaved and stationary. Sure that she would catch something creeping out onto the dewy grass, she would glance back quickly. But there was never anything there, only stillness. Her car was right there in the driveway, barely twenty feet away. All she had to do was unlock the door as she approached, and then slide in, quick as that. Totally doable. Then she could drive to Ed's place. She could picture herself making it to the car, and yet there she stood, squinting at the suspicious blotches that were waiting for her just outside the window. Amelia Karen, M.D., the one who never thought twice about walking alone into any crisis to help a client, now found herself contemplating this newfound fear of the dark. Despite the sheriff's assurances, she couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched, that he was out there. She thought about the little white pills that called to her from the bottom of her wastebasket, and then she thought about Nathan, whose job it was to be outside at night. Oh, come on, she barked out in frustration. Just get in the goddamn car. Finally, in one quick huff, Amelia grabbed her backpack and walked out the door. The key fob illuminated the vehicle's lights as she approached, and within seconds, she was safely inside and gripping the steering wheel. Then she remembered to hit the car's lock button. Done. No crumbling aloud, right, Harper? She said proudly, her warm breath filling the car with confidence. It was nearly 10 p.m., and the town was tucked in for the night as she made her way out of the neighborhood and onto Main Street. It was going to be an easy drive around the big lake and then a quick turn up to Ed's place. She would call him before getting out of her car, and hopefully he would pick up this time. The doctor rolled past the ice cream shop where, only hours ago, she had let Nathan down. The memory was fresh and sticky, and she flushed red, wondering what Nathan had thought of her uppity lecture and her refusal to accompany him to Ed's. It had been some time since Amelia made the drive along the magazine-ready mansions that lined the shoreline. In truth, 
She had been to Ed's only a handful of times over the years because her assistant always asked to come over or he would make coffee and help with Harper. He had known them before the diagnosis and was there through the worst of it. He interviewed home health aides and he picked up prescriptions. He pretended not to notice when Harper struggled to make sense of her beloved Scrabble game. He discreetly wiped Harper's face after meals and he picked up dishes so that Amelia could help her aunt into bed. He had shown supreme loving kindness to both women, revealing almost nothing of his own heartache. Amelia stepped on the gas. The flock of wealthy property owners had already migrated south, gone until the green of the golf course would call them north again. They would spend the winter months under palm trees, leaving these leviathans dark and empty while the lake ice slowly melted away. There wasn't a soul for miles, except for Ed, who had come back for good after he buried his wife. This raw landscape will either cure you or crush you, he'd said to the doctor all those years ago when he'd interviewed for the job. But I'm already crushed, so who knows? It might be good for me. She could see the lights of his place now, the only lights on the entire ridge, and it saddened her to imagine his isolation. She wasn't sure what she would say when she arrived, but she was eager to get there. She drove up the tree-lined driveway until the headlights of her car reflected off the massive garage doors, and then she idled and tried his cell phone again. The number rang while she sat and waited. If he's home, he's awake. So why isn't he answering? And then... There he was, standing outside the car and leaning down to see her. He waved once, half-heartedly. Ed, what are you doing out here? She cried out in surprise. You can't have that question. It's mine, he said back, loud enough for her to hear. She opened her door and leapt out, grabbing Ed with both arms and exclaiming, I am so happy to see you. Ed's body softened as he allowed the embrace discreetly tucking a syringe of Diprovan back into his coat pocket. I'm happy to see you too, Doc, he admitted, and patted her shoulder in his usual fatherly way. The embrace lasted for several minutes until Amelia had collected herself. She could feel his bony shoulders through his coat. My God, he is so thin, she thought. Things are not the same anymore, Ed. I don't know what the sheriff has told you, but things are bad. Yeah, I heard you hired someone who still uses an abacus. Ed was trying to make her laugh, trying to put her at ease. Some things never change, Ed. Amelia smiled back, releasing her hold on him. She was starting on a new sentence when he cut her off. Dr. Karen, we can't stay out here. Please, let's go this way. Ed was guiding his boss around to the small door on the side of the garage, Deftly, he leaned forward and unlocked it using the key card that hung from his neck. These are faster than keys, he said, while ushering her across the threshold with his arms. The garage was impeccably clean, and in the first bay, she could see the familiar beige sedan that Ed had driven for years. Dr. Karen followed her assistant along the garage wall and up a short staircase. As she looked back, she saw what occupied the second bay, a large all-terrain vehicle. 
It was army green with doors and a roof, and the back platform carried a steel box the size of a cooler. The toothy black tires were brand new, still shiny clean. What's that for, Ed? Amelia had an uneasy feeling. Suddenly, she wanted to be home again, away from here. Let's finish getting inside, then we can talk, he said over his shoulder while key-carding the door in front of him until they were both standing in the mudroom. Ed double-bolted the door behind him before moving on toward the kitchen. Dr. Karen no longer recognized the room. The gourmet island had been transformed into a surgical table with an organized display of bandages, gauze, stainless steel implements, and disinfectant. She continued walking along the cabinets, looking at the countless boxes that were stacked atop the counters and on the floor, all of them reading, Ready Meals, Low Sodium. Aside from Ed's espresso machine and a small microwave, these boxes dominated the kitchen space. Above, the cabinets had been stocked with bottled water and dried milk, the designer lighting from behind the glass doors showcasing it all like a convenience store display. The doctor had never met Ed's wife, Marilyn, but she thought about her now and wondered where the woman's dishes had gone. Ed, she uttered softly. I know, he said. He was standing in front of what Amelia remembered to be the breakfast nook. There behind him were several security display terminals and a power strip. You could see me in your driveway then, Dr. Karen said stiffly while looking at an image of her car. Yes, he answered back. Ed stood stock still while Amelia worked to take it all in, and then he added, Would you like something to drink? I could make you a coffee or maybe something stronger, if you prefer. Amelia ignored the offer. She was hunched over the array of ammunition boxes that covered the bench seating around the table. Ed had never owned a gun in his life. At least that's what he had told her. Her hands ran along the labels, 12-gauge, 9mm, 30-06. This was enough for a small army. And then the doctor straightened abruptly. An alarm had started beeping, and it was coming from another room. Ed knew what it was. For weeks, this alarm had been testing his sanity, nudging him closer to the edge of a total breakdown. And now it was happening when he wasn't alone. He turned toward the direction of the sound, calling back flatly, Amelia, there's something I need you to see. She followed his voice around to the family room. The heat of the wood stove hit her as soon as she turned the corner. It was a room the size of a racquetball court, lit only by the raging fire. There were even more boxes here, all neatly stacked and staggered along the walls. Except for a leather sofa, there wasn't a stick of furniture, and the beeping was louder. Over here, Doc, Ed said, until she found him standing before the wall of glass that overlooked the lake. It was completely black outside. What's that beeping sound, Ed? It's a motion detector, he whispered. Why is it going off? Amelia whispered back. Is it because of me? Is it sensing my car? No. It's from one of the sensors 
I put out back. Amelia could feel the hairs on her arms prickle. Out back? I've got to show you something now, Amelia. Ed's arms moved to a console of light switches on the wall beside the glass doors. But in order to do that, I'll need to turn on the outside lights. His voice was solemn and deliberate, as though he were explaining a dangerous medical procedure that she must remain awake for. Are you ready for me to turn them on now? Amelia swallowed hard. Okay, she agreed, and moved to face the blackness. The first lights to come on were down around the boathouse. She could see the shape of his boat under the overhang and the white caps on the water. Ed kept his gaze on Amelia as she craned to take it all in. Next, he illuminated the stone patio. The trees swayed in the wind, but the area was empty. What am I looking for, Ed? I don't understand. Her tone was rigid and anxious. Ed held up his right index finger, motioning for her to wait while the beeping continued, and then he flicked on the deck lighting. In that moment, Amelia saw something move right to left at lightning speed. She wasn't sure she could believe it. A woman or something running or maybe floating across the wooden platform and then outward toward the boat. It moved fast, leaving an enormous shadow on the decking as it disappeared. The entire reveal lasted only a few seconds, but it was enough to hold her frozen in place, struck silent. She was working hard to break it down, to digest what her eyes had just slammed against her brain. I saw something. I did. Do you know what it was, Ed? Ed said nothing. She watched as he eventually removed a handkerchief from the pocket of his baggy slacks and wiped his face. She kept waiting for him to talk, but time had turned sluggish, every second dipped in a coating of quicksand. She noticed Ed's Brooks brother's belt and the new holes that he had punched into it. She noticed the aggressive heat from the stove and the sweat forming on her skin. She noticed the sound of her own breathing and the relentless beeping of the alarm. Amelia's mouth was thick and dry. She wanted to turn and run away from Ed and this place and the inevitable answer to her question. It's not an it. It's a who. Ed's words were barely audible as the exterior lighting flowed in from behind him, outlining his grief. Who is it, Ed? Ed was working hard to hold himself together as he choked out the most horrible words imaginable. It's Samantha. She's come home. Seeing. Written and performed by Bridget Emmons. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Main Stories and visit my website at BridgetEmmons.com. Thanks for listening.